Welcome to episode 26 of Sacking's Therapy. Today, we're going to talk about the draft, but we're not going to break down the entire draft. That's another episode. That's actually another five, six episodes. Um, we're just going to talk about uh, the Kings getting the 12th pick and some extra stuff uh, like the playoffs and the Kings uh, hiring a GM. And oh. with me to discuss all those things, Fong. Hey. The Kings uh, got the 12th pick. What do you think? Uh, it was expected. We were yeah. thinking, what, 13, 14? But uh, 12? Well, you know, we did win the tiebreaker, so I was expecting the 12th um, yeah. with the Pelicans. And, you know, there there was a little put hope of me that wish we could get, like, top four. But, you know, that <laughs> was a 1% chance of happening. So yeah, you know, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Um, Hornets and Bulls got the third and fourth pick, and Wolves and the Warriors got the uh, first and second pick. You know, I was talking to a friend. Uh, he, well, you know him too. He, he wanted us to tank, or he wanted the Kings to tank to get to because I remember January we were right there with Minnesota at the bottom of the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. So, and then we of course climbed all the way back up, and now we're in the position we're in now. Yeah, twelfth pick. I mean, honestly, this is uh, relatively, you know, this has been talked about as a weak draft. And, you know, looking through a lot of the guys, you kind of see why. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, like, they're your typical role player 3 and D guys. But they, you more or less cannot do much in between. But Or you're banking on a lot of potential to be able to do the in-between stuff, such as the mid-range, the ability to create, the ability to dribble. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys also, like, their shooting is also, like, you know, banking on potential. So, you know, that's understandable why this is considered a weak draft. Mm -hmm. Draft will be on October 16th, so we will see what the kicks or kick, Kings pick at that point. And, you know, I'm going to throw off the question to you now. We did do quite, quite a bit of research for this. Uh, who do you want in this draft? It's it's tough, and you know, I don't. You know, maybe Aaron Naismith. Aaron Naismith. Hey, what do you like about him? You know, he's really you know going uh, good on running off screen for freeze. Uh, pretty pretty good defender for his size. Uh, has a really good size as a wing player, and you know has that great energy and hustle that you know the Kings need and wish and i wish that we still continue to play like uh we did last year um but yeah i think uh he would be a very good complimentary piece uh to uh buddy healed and uh you know we'll see what we'll be drafting yeah like when i first kind of saw tape of him i'm like this this is basically Buddy Heald, but in a six-six <laughs> form, mm -hmm. like, you know, two inches taller, basically, and that's a big deal. And you know, like you know, unlike Buddy, like a very like energetic, good defender shows a lot of potential on that end. And then you of course have the shooting, where uh, he sh did shoot thirty-four percent in year one, but did shoot fifty-two percent, although in a smaller sample size in year two. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of just average that out, maybe just have him somewhere in like the mid 40s, that's a really good shooter. Mm -hmm. So I I really like Aaron Naismith. 
I've been actually going really a lot of back and forth between him and uh, the guy I'm going to talk about right now, Sadiq Bey. Now, Sadiq Bey is a, I call him kind of like a tall Andre Miller, like a, a tall, like a little bit like Corey Joseph as well, you know, defense, but you know, like a lot taller. Like I think he's six, 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 seven, six, eight. He's tall basically. Mm-hmm. And he's very uh, defensively versatile, a very smart defender. You know, he can actually guard ones at the college uh, level. Now that would be, that'll have to be, you know, te- that'll be tested in the uh, NBA level, but you know, very good fundamentals on the defensive end. Like, doesn't go for blocks and steals too much, and just plays the position and you know contests the shot very well. Doesn't really take a whole lot of risks. A very safe defender, I guess, in a way. Does, uh, so that you know leads to really low steal rates. Probably not going to be a huge defensive playmaker, but can, will be a good solid guy that you can't really get around very easily for a lot of guys. Um, he did. He is shooting forty-five percent from three on decent attempts. I don't remember the attempts, but I don't like the shooting for him. It reminds me way too much of uh, Lonzo Ball. I and mean, mind you, Lonzo Ball shot forty-one percent from three in college. So, I mean, if it goes in, it goes in. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, it's not. It's not as like he's not as extreme in terms of like just how he flings it from like the left to right mm-hmm. but like it's still a very weird looking form i don't love it um, yeah but i think it is a fixable form um you know at, you know if you pay attention to lonzo lonzo's kind of fixed this form a little bit too although he's not still not a great shooter we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with that he really uh he's a guy that also really likes the you know the the guard post up like just like posting up like smaller guards because he does technically like play a point guard role you know a wing whatever and he ends up like with smaller guys guarding him a lot of time and he posts them up and he has a decent post game for the most part but i don't know if that's if he can do that in the nba level because chances are he's gonna be guarded by twos and threes he's gonna be guarded by wings basically Mm -hmm. and i don't know if he's gonna be able to post up that way uh, really good rebound rebounder for uh, his size. Really good instincts for the ball. Um, I do like his passing. A lot of potential there. Uh, not a good, you know, like, not a good traditional driver where he blows by guys. In fact, I compare what he does to, like, what I do in 2K where I'm not really good at getting by guys, but I'm very good at posting and backing them up from the three-point <laughs> line. And then doing a drop step and then scoring uh, immediately, basically. Uh, overall, just not a great scorer, but like again, has that very. I feel like he can develop into a very wily, tricky player. Like again, like the one I compare him to is like a tall Andre Miller and like a taller Corey Joseph on mm-hmm. offense. And you know, the hope is he becomes like that kind of player, plus kind of that Clay Thompson esque where. Your def- the defensive versatility is so good, and you can spot up for threes and run off screens you know, on offense. Yeah, that's the hope with him. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Pretty, sounds like a pretty good fit for the Kings as well. Yeah, so the Aaron Naismith, I'm, I've been flip-flopping between Sadiq Bey and Aaron Naismith uh, a lot. I just think that Aaron can just be essentially a replacement to Buddy if we do end up trading him. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's bigger. He's a better defender. Probably He'll probably be a better defender than Buddy. And, you know, like, you can't really put a va- enough emphasis on just, you know, a guy that can run off screens and shoot. Like, a pe- again, a, 
the way I want Buddy to play is like J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver. And Aaron Naismith does that at the college level. And there's no reason to believe he won't be able to do that at the NBA mm-hmm. level. Uh, from what I see from Aaron Naismith, it seems more like kind of like the 3 and D player we need in that position. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, I have a dark horse candidate that I think would be really the perfect guy for us. Although, again, because, because of the, just the way this draft is, you're banking on a lot of potential. Now, my dark horse candidate is Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, I think 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, now, he basically is very similar to Sadiq Bey on the defensive end, except he's a bit slower-footed, and but a very strong body. And I think he can guard like three to five. I'm not sure about twos and twos and ones. That would be tough. But, you know, great defensive playmaking potential, but does gamble a lot, good energy. Uh, good offensive rebounder for his position. I think that's actually translatable to the, I was about to say WWE, uh, the NBA. No, no. Uh, you know, passing and playmaking potential. Again, strong, oh. strong, stout guy. I think the, I think the uh, Rockets would love him. A uh, decent shooter from all ranges. You know, decent looking mid-range pull-up. But again, with the mid-range pull-up, you're again banking a lot, a lot of potential because they didn't do it all that much. Mm-hmm. And you know a very deep and you know decent looking three pointer, not a great, uh, not a lot of attempts. He shot thirty two percent from three, but his free throw percentage is a good sign, and that's usually a good parameter for whether a guy will be a good shooter or not. I think the only exception is Russell Westbrook, but you know there's a lot of more guys that you know shot like eighty percent or seventy something percent in college and end up being good shooters. And again, a good 3 and D guy that can guard 3 to 5. And with him, I envision him being a guy that can ultimately end up guarding, you know, Kawhi, KD, and those guys. And yeah, uh, my dark horse candidate. You know, I have a hard time picking and choosing now. I mean, I mean chances, are, chances are the, the choice will be easier when it gets to the Kings because mm-hmm. probably one, at least one of these guys will be gone, I think, by the time it gets to 12. I see, yeah. Like, I mean, any of these three guys seem really good potentials. Yeah, and again, but the, the problem with this one is I don't think any of them will be a, like a star. They're more or less going to be role players, and that mm-hmm. really is the issue with yeah. <laughs> this draft. Unless you're just really believing in their potential to develop. And, you know, they, they might. This might end up being a really good draft. We don't know. Because 2013 was a really bad draft, quote-unquote, when going in. And it ultimately kind of was because that was the uh, Anthony Bennett draft. But guess who was drafted number 13? Giannis? The Giannis. Mm-hmm. So, you know... There might be a Giannis in here somewhere. So we shall see. Again, we're not, you know, we're not draft experts. We don't really know the ins and outs. So maybe, you know, hopefully Joe Dumars, whoever the Kings hire as their GM, knows something that we don't. Yeah, we, we don't know see. much. And to the, 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 uh, the reality is we don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Kings do actually have uh, three second round picks. I'm not going to go too much into them because I don't want to dig that far into the draft. It was hard enough to dig into this, like just the first round. I, Yeah, so we have three second round picks. I am, I imagine we're going to trade at least two of them. 
or something. I mean, yeah, I don't think we'll be able to utilize any of those picks anyway. And yeah, we already have enough like you know projects coming up. Like Daquan Jeffries is probably going to be on the roster next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Justin James. Like maybe he's on the maybe he's on the roster too. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I haven't seen him much uh, yet, so. Yeah, he didn't play too much in the bubble, which I was really disappointed by. So Quan Jeffries just kind of overtook him. Yeah, we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Okay, well, you know, that's it for the draft. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of the playoff updates. And, you know, we made our predictions last episode. Uh, we're going to just give an update to those uh, predictions. So, uh Milwaukee versus Orlando. Uh, Milwaukee leads 2-1 after a shocking victory uh, in Game 1 where the Orlando Magic basically dominated the Bucks the entire game. Uh, not dominated, but definitely controlled them the entire game. Yeah, uh, it's it's totally unexpected, I'd say. Um, especially the first game, too. I I really thought the Bucks would steamroll the Magic. Yeah, I you know, I've really got to give more, like credit to the Orlando Magic. They're very well coached. You can clearly see that with Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Clifford. And I think what it really exposed is the issue with like how Giannis is very one-dimensional on on offense, especially when it comes to crunch time, because, you know, he just puts his head down, lowers his shoulder, and just tries to drive in and dunk. And unfortunately, that doesn't always work. And Mm -hmm. it is something to look, look, you know, to be keeping an eye on going forward because you know like what are they going to do versus the raptors because the raptors have guys that can hold that can definitely kind of hold him like guard him and mm-hmm. i think they're he's going to really get like shut down in crunch time and you know they did bounce back the next two games and kind of dominated them game three actually got pretty heated uh marvin williams tried to choke <laughs> uh james ennis so yeah, it's getting heated, it's getting interesting, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think they'll get challenged until the conference finals. The Bucks, I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Toronto Raptors versus Brooklyn Nets. Uh, R- Toronto leads 3-0 now. Um, what's it called? Nets actually had a chance to actually win it in Game 2, but ultimately did kind of just blow it, basically, and... Yeah, they're up. They're down three one now, but it's just, it's just nice to see that they're playing hard. Yeah, like the nuts I'm being at. Yeah, <laughs> I really wish that the Kings played this hard. Like they're missing like their three stars, like Ke- Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Spencer Dinwiddie, and you know now they don't have Joe Harris either. Like it's just it's good to actually see them, you know, not lie down and die. They just don't have the talent to really compete, compete with the Raptors. And, you know, Raptors have a superior roster and the superior coach probably, but you know, all the credit in the world to Jacques Vaughn. Like, you know, I wouldn't mind if he like joined the, the assistant staff, whoever, like, you know, the Nets hire as a head coach and, you know, get the players to play hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish we saw that with the Kings, and uh, you know, <laughs> we'll have to see just next year. Yeah, well, we shall see. But yeah, it's nice to see them not lie down and die. But talking about lying down and dying, uh, 76ers versus uh Celtics. Uh, Celtics up three zero. Oh boy, this is just depressing. Like they're 
Sem- the Philadelphia is, is definitely like top three in terms of most depressing franchises because mm-hmm. of just how much expectation there were was going in and then how they just kind of fall flat on their face and they keep falling flat on their face. And basically, they're now down 3-0. Uh, like Celtics are up 3-0, I mean. And yeah. each game you see, uh, you know, Joe Embiid, he tries to bring them back, but he just doesn't. He can't do it all on his own. And, you know, his role, the role players just aren't doing enough. And you yeah. can just see, like, the frustration with the fan base, with the players, and just, it is just hard to watch. Yeah, we, we actually, we predicted that, well, we, of course, we predicted Boston would win, but we didn't expect Boston to go up this high so quickly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we should have, just because, like, honestly, like, because Embiid is really their only their option, their only offensive option. Like that's really reliable, because you know for the forty million dollar man Tobias Harris just isn't doing much at all in this series. Yeah, actually, and yeah, he's yeah, it's just disappointing. And you know, Celtics are just taking care of business. Like Jason Tatum, you we know is a star. Yeah, Jalen Kevin. Brown is a second is a really good you know second banana, and Kemba Walker does his thing. I mean, yeah, all three of them together, they're playing real well. Yeah, um, and then you have, like, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice. Those guys are, like, they're very smart defenders. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, they have a really good team. And, you know, like, we think of them as a cute story, but, like, they could be a threat to the Milwaukee. Maybe. It's a very small chance. But, you know, like, it's it'll be interesting going forward, like, what Philadelphia does. I think they're going to trade Al Horford somehow. And maybe that's where the buddy trade might come in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even like a sign and trade with Bogey somehow. Although I'm not a big fan of getting Al Horford, but I think he, I think he would actually solve a lot for us. I think. Spike mm-hmm. his age. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay, let's move on to the next series. This is it's depressing just talking about them. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Miami Heat versus uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, this is the one I'm surprised that's up 3-0. Uh, Miami Heat lead Indiana 3-0. Uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler has basically been dominating. Well, TJ Warren's like not done great, but it's a whole team thing. The Pacers just don't have enough offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually didn't know uh, what's his name's about uh, Victor Oladipo. He he was like very iffy on actually coming back. Then all of a sudden, or he actually said he wasn't gonna play. Then all of a sudden, he just decided, uh, sure, I'll play. <laughs> and then now, and then I think he actually sat out a few games. And then now he's playing again. I don't know the situation. Yeah, me neither. But eh, it's nice to see him playing. It's just uh, Miami, as of right now, is playing real well. All their starters playing real well. I will say I did watch the highlights from I think game two, and you know there was just I think it was the game that Duncan Robinson went seven for eight from three, and there were just multiple videos where or multiple clips where like they're rotating you know they're Indiana has a good defense and they rotate properly, mm-hmm. but whoever's guarding Duncan Robinson just stay on Duncan Robinson and just let Jay Crowder shoot it, because like. It's so frustrating to see the guy guarding Duncan Robinson run to Jay Crowder and just let him shoot it. 
Just let him shoot it. You don't want Duncan Robinson shooting it. It's, it's the only thing I can say about this series. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, okay, well, this is uh, probably the most intriguing series to me, although, you know, the intrigue might be just dying down and Q's story might just be coming to an end. Lakers versus Portland. Uh, Lakers lead 2-1. What are your thoughts on this series? Uh, yeah, I, I expected it. I expect them to take a game each at the time and uh you know yeah they they really don't have anyone to guard lebron or ad at some times and you know lakers at the same time don't have anyone to guard dame or even cj at some times yeah it's really like um who can who has the better offense i guess you know because in terms of defense it's they're both kind of it's optional. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, optional. I guess you could say it's it's on and off. It's not it's not good. It's not bad. It's it's like it's just there, and sometimes it helps. Sometimes it doesn't. And you know, like I said, it's whoever plays a better offense. Uh, Lakers, what from what I've seen, is playing really fast. LeBron is just a freaking train when it comes to driving to the paint. Anthony Davis is you know that big guy in the paint that. A lot of um, Portland defenders can't defend, especially uh, Hassan Whiteside, apparently. Um, but yeah, and same for the Lakers. No one can guard Dame. <laughs> Dame is just ridiculous out there, too. And I'm just looking at the statue right now. It looks like, yeah, she got a decent amount of help, but I think it's I think it comes down to Hassan Whiteside <laughs> because oh. the problem with him is that he is just... Like, his stats look okay for the most part. Eight points, eight rebounds. But, like, it's just... I need to, I need to watch the game to really know. But my, the frustrating thing with him is that he'll have good stats, but he is clearly the worst player on the court a lot of the time mm-hmm. because he's one of those guys that clearly chases stats. And he had yeah. a great game one. And, it, like, he just stuffed LeBron on so many plays. And they need that Hassan back. Yeah. You, I, I would, I'm kind of surprised that Melo played real well during this series it's um, i guess is the dame effect he's he has been just playing well and he's not like a total sieve on defense mm-hmm. but uh for hassan uh from what i've seen um yeah statistic statistically um he has not been playing well ever since he entered the bubble and uh he has played a lot better um when the season has you know started and ended before covid but when he entered the bubble statistically yeah, statistically uh he has not been doing real well at all defensive wise and offensive wise i think that's just the nature of him he's a, just a very he's very just up and down i guess but i think he's just a lazy player but <laughs> and the, the energy just isn't there uh yeah, but Dame is like a force of nature, and of course, it's basically Dame versus LeBron and AD, or mm-hmm. Dame and CJ versus LeBron and AD. And you know, when you get into an offensive battle with LeBron, that's tough to win if your role players aren't going to come through. And a lot of them actually did, but you know, they need to do better. Dame is going to Dame, but like the other guys have to play better. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well. You know, hopefully this day they make, keep making it interesting because I really want this to go seven games and, you know, the Lakers fans to be shaking in their boots about this. 
Uh, okay, talk about shaking in their boots. Uh, Clippers versus Mavericks. I didn't. I did not expect this uh, this series to be as interesting as it is. Now, Luca did actually get injured in uh, yeah. Game Three, and we mm-hmm. don't know if he's going to play Game Four yet until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. But uh, Clippers lead Mavericks uh, two games to one, and yeah, Game One, uh, KP got ejected, and basically uh, Clippers just kind of took care of business after that. But there is an argument that had KP not gotten like ejected, you know, Mavericks could be up two one. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this series? It is interesting. Yeah, like you said, um, I haven't watched too many of the Lakers and Dallas games, but from what I saw in Game One and Three, I believe I saw part of it. Um, yeah, Luca's just Luca. He's he's really trying to push this team to uh, the end. But you know, Paul George and Kawhi is arguably you know better. <laughs> of course, I mean, I mean Paul George's been playing like shit for two games now. Yeah, but it's it's just it just makes me like want Luca to be a king. That's like it just makes me kind of. You know, like I don't want to go, fall into like the Luca talk, but like Luca is just so good, and you love the competitiveness and like you know desire that he clearly shows, mm-hmm. and like the the relentlessness, the the Mamba mentality that he has. He really mm-hmm. does have it, you know. And it's yeah, it's, he's gonna be a great player, and the, you know, win or lose this series, they're probably gonna come back next year and maybe a title contender. They're like a guy away, but. They, he can probably carry them to the second round or possibly even the conference finals. Like, yeah, the future is bright for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, moving on to uh, the Jazz versus Nuggets. Now, this is another very interesting series. Now, Nuggets basically kind of dominated uh, Utah the first game. Well, not really dominated, but they definitely kind of outboxed them. Definitely beat them pretty quickly fair and square in overtime but since then utah has come back strong like with donovan mitchell leading the way just you know being you know like seriously like not luca levels of just controlling the game but it's it's up there in terms of just like dominating the game Mm -hmm. but yeah uh for me i i haven't watched any of the games in the series but from what I've seen from reports and uh, articles, Donovan Mitchell is, he's going off and he's doing real well for his, uh, this is his first playoff? Third playoff. Uh, gee, okay. That's a, that's not what I should be saying. Uh, but yeah. But, but he, he's doing real well. But um, yeah, like even in game one, he dominated what 57 points. Like he's really coming into their own, and it, it sucks that they don't have Boyan. Uh, yeah, like Boyan could relieve so much of the burden from Donovan Mitchell, and like Lord knows what where we'll be there. But you know, this is against a you know not a healthy Denver Nuggets team. But at the same time, like this has got to be really disappointing for Denver. Mm-hmm. Like it dominated the in games two and three the way they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised to see uh, Michael Porter Jr. He's doing real well. He's good. 
Yeah. And like, I don't want the. He's not a guy I regret not that the Kings didn't draft because, like, I think going forward he's gonna have a lot of injury issues because it was back. Mm-hmm. But like, he is really good. Like, you know, I don't want to say he is Kevin Durant, but like, he's got Kevin Durant vibes to him because, you know, what it, whatever he is, like six nine, like six nine, the ability to just pull up for threes the way he does, it's it's he's gonna be unstoppable in a few years. Mm-hmm. Just need to work on those injuries. Yeah. Take care of your body, young fella. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess all the Western Conference uh, series are intriguing. Rockets versus OKC, another intriguing one. Now, oh, Russ yeah. still has not played up to this point. Uh, game three just uh, ended today, and they uh, Thunder eke out a win in OT, and now the Houston leads uh, 2 1. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the series? The point God brings it back. Yeah, Paul it was or not Paul, yeah, Chris Paul. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, yeah, that was <laughs> last year. You're a year I, late. You're a year late. I know. I, I I'm just swearing up words right now. Okay. Well, you know, it's just shocking to me, like, because I, you know, they don't have Russ, and like for the first two games, like Houston pretty much dominated for the most part. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just that. OKC just has this problem. It's been like this for years. Like, where they, they run what I call a traditional offense, where, like, you know, you run your cute little actions and, like, you end up, like, just basically you get a lot of movement and you get guys in quote unquote advantageous positions to score. But it doesn't really work against a team like the Rockets where they just switch everything and there's no there's no real mismatches. And case in point, Steven Adams not really looking to score on the little guys. And you kind of give them an advantage there, you know, mm-hmm. if Steven Adams is going to be more aggressive because, you know, the Rockets are just so small. You need to punish that small ball as much as they, as much as possible. But like they're not doing it with Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, this is another series I didn't watch too much, but I I really want OKC to win. Yeah, I guess like the karmatic justice in a way, yeah. just because like I think they I think they did do CP3 kind of dirty, and honestly, had they keep kept CP3, I'd be very comfortable picking them to actually win the title. To be honest, mm-hmm. but you know, like it, again, like they need to just kind of. ISO more on these on these. I hate to say it because you're going to be playing into the uh, the Rockets uh, game plan, but like they just they just you know stop all that beautiful cutesy offensive shit and just ISO CP3 on somebody. Like honestly, because you know that's the best way you can beat the Rockets because their defense is good enough to actually blow up a lot of like defensive or offensive actions by just switching. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think I think that's the adjustment they need to make. CP3 just needs to shoot, just needs to just pull in James Harden's face and just laugh at him when you make it. To be honest, I I still think OKC has a chance. Um, I don't know how much, like you said, uh, Russ would provide since uh, you know uh, he's coming off injury and he won't be hundred percent. But um, yeah, I, OKC I I still believe has a chance in this. Yeah, they probably do. And, you know, hopefully they do come back to just, again, make the series even more interesting. The Western Conference is nice. Mm-hmm. 
If only the Kings were in it, you know, that'd be uh. more interesting as well. But you know, can't ask for can't ask for that much more. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, so just a quick update for the Kings. Kings uh, are hiring a firm to look for a GM for uh, Sacramento Kings. Now that does put some confusion in terms of Joe Dumars. Is what is Joe Dumars? Is he just going to be the interim head or GM? Yeah. <laughs> what is he? <laughs> I, I, I originally I thought he was like the president of basketball operations, but he doesn't really have no. a defined role right now. Now, for for me, uh, back like what a week or two ago, um, I thought he would be our next GM, and or you know he will be the one that anoints another person to be the GM, and he'll just work under him or her or whoever. Uh, the that person works under Joe. Yeah, no, that person will become the GM, and Joe works under him and her. So who the fuck would do that? <laughs> like, <come on. laughs> why? Who hires their boss? No, who hires their boss? No, it doesn't work like that. I don't know. It, from what from what I see, I, I don't know. Joe Dumars doesn't look like he wants to be GM if he hasn't spoken up. Well, that well, that's what I mean. That that's why I think he will just end up being the president of basketball operations because, like, technically, mm. that's above the GM. I, I see. think. I think it's oh. weird how it works, but I think he ends up just being the president of basketball operations because, like, it doesn't make sense to try and hire a GM while you've listed Joe Dumars as the interim GM. So, mm-hmm. what, imagine this scenario: draft is coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you hire a guy that's hopefully done a lot of research, right? Yeah, on the draft. So, so let but let's just say for some reason you hire a guy that hasn't done anything on the draft. That's, that would be a horrible hiring choice. But then you have to rely on Joe to do all the research. And why the hell would Joe do the research when he knows he's just going to be the interim GM and he's not probably maybe not going to have a job after this? Mm-hmm. So, like that's kind of where it gets really confusing. I just hope like Vivek knows like the everyone knows their roles this because right. the messaging to the media right so far has been just very confusing yes it has <laughs> so yeah we'll have to just we'll just keep an eye on this situation going forward and you know like there's no we still no one really has talked to joe dumars and we don't really know what he's thinking what he thinks of the roster what what he thinks about the draft pick what's he gonna do with the draft pick there's a lot of possibilities of where the Kings can go, and it is a very uncertain time, to say the least. Yep. Yeah. So we shall see what's uh, going, what's going to happen going forward, and yeah, hopefully it's good for the Kings. As for this episode, that's all I have. Uh, you have anything you want to add? Uh, no. We'll have to see what we'll be doing next week then. Okay, well, uh, that's that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Uh, we still got to actually decide a uh, topic. Maybe we'll actually go full on in the draft, although I don't want to do that now. Mm, I mean, there's a lot of choices, of course. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> maybe the Kings will kind of bail us out, let's just say. Yeah, maybe they will draft the person we are looking for. Draft isn't happening until October 16th, so not for a while. That's true. Well, the closer it comes, we'll probably do something about or we'll talk more about it.
Yep. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Yep. See you guys later. Thank you.